This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Age of Radio. Hang on, I'm going to take my pants off. TMI. Well, now that's on recording. <laughs> okay, so hey. Hi. Oh. We've already done all the hi, how are you? So I guess we're just going to get right to it. Um, everybody, this is Booklet Podcast, and Kelly is actually not with me today, and we're very sad on one hand. But on the other hand, we're very happy because we have Bethany from the Prince Kai Fan Pod Podcast. Hi. And Bethany is one of my very good friends. And she's one of the people that I go to the most when I have podcasting issues, and I also absolutely love doing episodes with her. Aw. <laughs> and we're foodies together. <laughs> we're foodies together. We have gotten together twice this week to record and instead just ate. <laughs> Nothing brings t- people together like books and food. Nothing. Yes. <laughs> so do you have a little icebreaker story? I do. I actually have, I was, I have a new one for you. I was going to tell you the one I said at dinner, but this is a new one. So I have two dogs. I have a a Blue Hiller Staffy named Scamp, who is ridiculously intelligent. And I have a Beagle Lab named Beowulf, who is autistic. Yes, dogs can be autistic. I didn't know that either. We live by a forest with like a cute little creek in the back. Um, And yesterday... I was walking around the yard with the dogs, and there was someone sleeping on the other side of the fence. Okay. There's a pretty high homeless population here. So the dogs start barking, and I feel bad because they're going to wake this person up. So I go over there to get the dogs, and Scamp freaks out, starts growling at me, pulling my pants. Like, he won't let me go anywhere near that fence. Oh, my goodness. Quentin comes home, my husband, comes home for lunch 20 minutes later and walks right up to the fence and Scamp does not care. Okay. So my dog thinks I'm a little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) My dog is like, mom, it's too scary. Go home. Go inside. Dad, come check this cool stuff out. (laughs) That is so funny. And I'm sure that's not what he meant. I know. He's just being like protective, right? But it's funnier this way. Stamp is probably like, Dad, you come. I don't care if you die. Mom is the one I care about. It's like Dad's the alpha, so <laughs> it's okay if he's there, I guess. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Okay. And Stamp is so precious. My little pervert. He's so creepy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love him, though. He, he is a bit of a perv, and he licks a lot. Yeah. Uh, but he's a he's a good dog. Yeah, they're Boko boys. Um, So we are doing The Wild Swans by uh, K.M. Shea. I had to keep looking her name up because I completely wanted to mess up her initials. Please tell me I got it right this time. You did good. Yeah, you got it right. 
<laughs> I kept freaking out and I was like, oh my goodness, I keep thinking the wrong initials. Um, are you drinking anything tonight, Bethany? I have sparkling grape juice. Ooh. But I did put it in a wine glass. That's fancy. <laughs> so I totally intended for my drink to look like a magic potion. Um, mm-hmm. And it more just looks like ocean water. So we're going to call it like lake water. Uh, there is a snow lake in this episode, in this book. There is. We could call it Snow Lake because it's kind of that pretty teal color. Um, there you go. I use some blue Caraco, some pineapple juice, and some Prosecco. And I put it in a cute wine glass that has flamingos on it because that's the closest thing I had to swans. That works. Yep. So, you know, we're kind of roughing it like we always do here at Booklet. <laughs> um. Okay, so Wild Swans is a retelling of a classic fairy tale. It's actually from a series of retellings that all kind of intertwine together. And it's the second book in the series. The first book, we actually did an episode on several months ago, and you can go back and listen to it. That one was on kind of a Beauty and the Beast retelling. And this one, I had actually never heard of the original Wild Swans. Yeah, I hadn't either until I read this. And then, so this is my only experience with that fairy tale is this this story. Mine too. So I guess we can't do like a compare and contrast. Um, so we'll just get into the story. This is Bethany's favorite story from this series. So I can't, yep. I can't be like, well, did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> I do like it. I, I think the reason it's one of my favorites is because one, I really like Elise. I love the idea that the main character, uh, that a female main character is like in charge of finances yes. for the entire kingdom. Yes. And she is like super strict about like who gets to spend what in what department and how much goes in the treasury. And I just love that like in this fantasy world with Faye and castles and dragons and things like that. We have a young princess who was adopted. She wasn't even born into royalty. She was adopted as a foster child. And they're like, you're in charge of all the money. Yeah. Yeah. You're a girl and you can handle all the money. Yeah. Like, it seems like most other stories, um, maybe not as much recently. Sorry. What just happened? So I'm in my bedroom with the door shut and my boyfriend's playing Call of Duty and apparently <laughs> it's not going well. Yeah, no, it's not. I should oh, be like, funny. you cried when you said you'd be quiet. <laughs> right? Quentin has learned. I'm not going to lie. There was one time where I was I was like, you um, made a cameo in this episode. And he's like, I did? Doing what? And I was like, when you were singing. <laughs> what was I? What was I singing? Good as hell. Are you going to cut that out? He was like, are you going to cut it out? I was like, I don't know. I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to ask if that was Zoe singing because you know he loves Lizzo. (laughs) I was going to say either Lizzo or Selena Gomez, you know. Right. (laughs) Because he loves Lizzo. Um, No, my boo has made one other cameo. You can't tell what he's saying in the background, but I'm going to have to be like, okay, this is Clue. If you want to be on the show, you got to read a book. <laughs> Except for Scamp, who makes an appearance on my show all the time. Because um, 
He just cannot control himself sometimes. He likes to hear his own voice. Fasa tries to make an appearance, and usually it's just me going, Get off the keyboard! <laughs> name. Yes, he did. Okay, so anyway, um, Elise is amazing. Yes. On finances. I also want to point out that it's not a, a thing that she's a girl and yeah. is in charge of money. There's no conversation about like, oh, we let the girl be in charge or that they're progressive about it. It's just like, well, she's the one that's good with money, so it goes to her. Yeah. Yeah. Which I love. It, it made it so... Um, Normalized. Yes. Yes. Okay, they made a lot of things normalized in this book. One of the things kind of creeped me out and it was weird, but we'll get to that. We'll get um, to it. <laughs> but I like how the fact that she's just one of them, she has the her own strengths and she's just... I just like how they include her in everything. She's not yeah. like raised up because ooh she's the adopted one and she's not like put down because she's not one of us she's just one of them yeah I agree she's just accepted yes I do feel sad though because she's aside from Gabrielle she's the only girl and I was just like oh it is sad she needs sisters she does I guess eventually she'll well I mean Gabrielle is kind of like a sister to her they definitely get closer in this book than um by the end of it and then you know this is a series so you have to read it to see what else happens right um so the basic premise of the story is you have seven princes you have the one princess um a a woman comes in and has kind of bewitched the widowed king and the witch turns the princes into swans. She meant to turn everybody into swans, but the two women, of course, are the ones who resisted the spell. Gabrielle had her cat, and Elise was able to basically tell the 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 magic to leave her alone. And yeah, that, it was really yeah, incredible. The fact that she even had the wherewithal to do that, like, I'd be crying <laughs> I know <laughs> what is happening and she's just like no back away from me get away and it listened oh I love it so much um so then she has to sacrifice her hands and her time and her ability to speak to save her brothers basically um so what is your favorite part about the book Okay, so it's really simple, but there's a scene when she's walking through the woods and um, Falk is, like, gathering materials to make an ointment for her hands. Mm -hmm. And he's explaining to her, like, why he used all the pet names that she mistook as, um, you know, sarcasm or mocking her. And he's trying to, like, tell her, Basically, like, how did you not realize I was in love with you? I thought it was obvious kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and I sweet nicknames, and she's like, really? You think those are sweet nicknames? I like the snowflake one. Yeah. <laughs> He's, my little snowflake. <laughs> I'm like, you're what? 
But I love that scene because I think that's a turning point for the two of them in their relationship. I do have to ask, Team Falk or Team Rune? Oh, I'm totally Team Falk. Right? Like Rune has been gallivanting with other girls all over the continent for years while supposedly having a crush on Elise this whole time. I don't think so. No. And then Falk is just like... I call you weird names because I don't know how to appropriately express myself. (laughs) I know, but that's kind of cute. Like, my husband used to, well, I mean, he wasn't like this, but, like, he's not great at expressing um, emotion when we first got together. Like, I I think I've told you the story about, like, when he proposed, he didn't even (laughs) propose because he's so bad at being romantic. (laughs) He literally, I was looking at apartments, and he looked at me, and he was like, don't most people get married before they move in together? And I said, yeah. And he goes, okay. And then the next day told his family we were engaged. And then when I confronted him about it, he was like, well, you said you love me. Why wouldn't you want to marry me? That's like the next step. Tell me that's not something Falk would say or do. What would you do? Yeah, exactly. And she's like, I didn't know there was a page. <laughs> I, I just, I love Fox so much. And I think the two of them have such a great um, closeness and a great relationship, especially when she realizes, like, what his affection for her has actually been. And I so appreciate his honesty with her. She was like, well, you were always really hard on me. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you want me to let you be a failure at your job? Like, right? that's really harsh. But again, like, that's how my husband is. So maybe that's why I like Fox so much is I'm like, yeah, I mean, you gotta, I, I would also want someone to look out for me and, and let me know when I'm making improvements or making mistakes and then helping me grow in that way. Um, and so I just really like the two of them together. And while Rune is like a decent character, I very much felt like he was a player. And I think he saw Elise as like off limits, not as actually desirable. So that I was, don't know. That's that, just me. <laughs> that was one of the things that I was going to point out. Like, I really felt like, like Rune wanted Elise because they would go well together. And... Yeah, they were really close, but I think it was a mistaken emotion with how close they were. And I think he was looking at it kind of as a PR side, as the PR side of it. Yeah. Because he is like the people's hero and she's the perfect princess and that's what you expect to go together. But then there's a part when, um, oh my goodness, I just spaced on the the woman who's with Elise, what is her name? It starts with a B. The Enchantress? No, no, no. The the soldier that's with Oh, them. is it Britta? Brida? I think it's Brida. Brida? Um, she points out, like, there's a, a goose that's always following Elise around, and she points out, like, which one do you think is the one that follows you around? It's certainly not Rune, who's off flirting with all the other geese. Like, that's Fogg. And there are a couple of different times when Fogg, like, as a go- as a swan, protected Elise and helped chase people off. And it was just, oh, it was so cute. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the only thing that I don't like about this book 
and I pretend it doesn't exist, so it's fine. It's kind of like, I like to think of it as an alternate ending on a DVD that I never have to watch. <laughs> um, and that's because at the end, there's two endings. You can go to this page if you want her to end up with Bach, and you can go to this page if you want her to end up with Rune. There's several reasons I don't like that one. This is not a choose-your-own-mystery novel. No. Pick an ending, Okay. Two, <laughs> no, I, I know that sounds like really shady, but like from one writer to another, like I understand how difficult it is to choose one character over another, but pick an ending. Do not have your readers do it for you. Two, the reason that she did it, like she wrote a whole essay and posted it on her website so you can look it up. The reason that she did it is because she felt like Elise should have ended up with Rune, but she knew the readers would like Elise to end up with Falk. See, I don't think she should have, Ended up with Rune. I don't think. I don't think so either. I think Rune should end up with somebody who is, like, from a low family. Like, Rune needs someone to knock him off his pedestal. Mm-hmm. Like, humble him. Right. And Paul, he tries harder. And, and, like, being loved, I think, comes really easily to Rune. But not necessarily showing that love and affection is good, is easy for either of them. Right. Um, but you know, like Falk, he's so cute. Like there's something really endearing about like his really poor communication skills and his clumsy compliments and his weird pet names like Snowflake and Dewdrop and I think at one point he called her a daisy daffodil or something, like Yeah. I don't know. Everybody would have looked at him like, What are you calling me? Like what is wrong with you? Um there's another part where Rune and Falk are trying to, like, vie for her attention. And they say something about, um, they're talking about beautiful people. And Falk is like, why would I want a beautiful princess? And Rune is like, I know we're supposed to be rivals right now, but what are you doing? Why right. would you say that? And he's like, well, no, I just meant that beautiful princesses just that's all they have and you have so much more and rune is like okay next time you compliment somebody you should lead with that <laughs> yeah i agree i completely agree i i think and on the, her essay about like why she would pick why she chose to have the two endings she also said she wanted to recognize that you can love more than one person and that you don't have just one true love in the universe love is a choice I get that. I just feel like there were other ways to get that across. Maybe. Right. I don't know. I don't want people to think I don't love this book because I do. I love this book. I love this author. I love this series. I'm just not a big fan of choose your own ending books unless I know that's what it is from the beginning. So like I read this on my Kindle. I got it on Kindle Unlimited and I got to that part and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> what did you think you were doing? And I even looked, I even told my husband, I was like, I don't, I got really upset. I didn't finish the books for like, because that's book two in an 11 book series. And book one and, was like that. So you're like, oh, great. Is this how the rest of them are going to be? Exactly. Book one was amazing. And so I got to the end of this and I never even read the rune part. I was like, whatever doesn't exist. And then I didn't read anything else in the series for like almost a year because I was so mad at her. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't trust this author anymore. <laughs> but yeah. none of the other books in the series are like that. It's just this one. This is one. Um, 
So the problematic part of the book, and I try to think of it as it was very normal for that time period, and I don't know that it is, but I like to think maybe it was to make it more normal. Um, yeah. Or more but... So they, the the queen, before she passed, basically went and picked Elise out of this orphanage and was like, you, I want you to come live with our family, and we're going to treat you like you're one of our children. However, there's this whole plan that everybody but Elise knows about for Elise to marry one of her quote-unquote adopted brothers. Right. And they don't officially adopt her, so it, like, it's not weird, but it's weird. It's weird. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's weird because I think she so often says, like, that they're her brother's. And that she wishes that she could be accepted. And they're constantly like foster sister, foster sister, foster sister. Right. And she never knew why that was She thought someone heavily her because they wouldn't accept her as their sister. Yes. And really the ones that wouldn't accept her, well, aside from the youngest one, Gerhardt, is that how you say it? I say Gerhardt, yeah. Um, my brain wants to say Garrett, but that's not what it is. I know, or Gerhardt, but then that sounds weird. I mean, Gerhardt does too. <laughs> I know, I don't know. It's but but I think she tries very hard throughout all of these books in the series to pick names that are uniquely designed for those specific fairy tale origins. So this oh, yeah. is like a German fairy tale origin like the original wild swans and so she was trying to pick um very traditional german names there's another one later that's like very uh i forget which one it is but it's like traditionally a russian fairy tale and so all of the names have russian origins and so they're very what i would say a little bit too complicated um (laughs) so i had to look a lot of them up because i was like i don't there's so many consonants in that word i don't know how to pronounce it in my head and i don't want to just skim over it and be like that guy you're so so much better reader than i am because i skim (laughs) over and i'm like that are dude (laughs) exactly that's how most people i know are i I had that conversation with my friend Morgan after we both read Ella Enchanted because the book Ella Enchanted by Gail Carson Levine has a lot of made up languages and one of them is all consonants. There's no vowels in the whole language. And (laughs) Morgan was like, every time she got to that part in the book, she like completely overlooked that whole paragraph and was just like, yep, they said words. And I was always like trying to figure out how that would be pronounced. In my head while I was reading, so I, it's a little, I'm a little too too invested in it, I guess. Sometimes even my thoughts are just like a blah blah blah, a blah blah blah. <laughs> I I think that's how most people are. I think that it's easier to be like that than to obsess or or get carried away. But I also kind of love getting to challenge myself in those ways with books because I I like being able to be like, oh, I learned a new word or I learned a new name or now I know how to say this word or name out loud that I've never heard before. But it really just depends on the book because sometimes I'm also like, just get to the story. (laughs) Stop with the words. I'm like, just get to it, okay? Um, so 
when I was rereading this story, because I read it about a year ago, and I was rereading it, and I had completely forgotten that they left the first lake and went to another, like, up to the castle and outside. And then as soon as I remembered that, I was like, no because that's what happens to the shirts the 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 evil awful horrible king burns them so i had to reread that today and i was like no no don't no, no it's no, so no. stressful when he throws everything in the fire and she has to like start over again i'm like who asked you like it's so traumatizing because she's so she's had to um knit these shirts out of out of kettle yeah out of which is um out of nettle, sorry, out of nettle, which is like stingy, pointy. Have you looked up this plant online? Look up pictures of nettle. We had nettle on my parents' land growing up. I know what it's like to be caught in a nettle patch. It hurts. It's horrible. Yeah, it's- They're literally covered in teeny tiny little microscopic thorns. Yes. yes. And they're called stinging nettles. It's They have like actual venom in them. Yeah, it's terrible. It causes, um, like, warts and calluses all over your hands. At one point, they say in the books that her hands will never be fully cured from this. Yeah, because she, like, they bleed and they're swollen. And, like, her hands, from how she has to hold it to knit, it's, like, given her almost arthritis in her hands. Just awful. Awful. I cannot imagine. But she goes through the time to harvest and knit these shirts out of, the nettles and she also is not allowed to speak except during for the day hour a day when her one hour a day turned from swans to geese i mean from swans to geese oh god <laughs> from swans to men <laughs> back from to swans the- to men <laughs> um i would be like sorry guys like i love you but my motor mouth i mean there are multiple times where I'm like, you guys are so not appreciating everything she's doing right now. Right? And when they do start to realize that they don't appreciate it, it's just so sweet. It's so great. And I absolutely adore the, the fact that, like, Falk is able to keep himself even when he's a swan. And the reason is because he loves her so much. Yes. Which I'm like, I'm like swoon at that, basically. So I know that like the relationship between Rune and Elise and Falk and Elise, let's be honest, it's the relationship between Falk and Elise. <laughs> that's the right. only thing about. I know that's the main point of the story. But um, at one point today I was reading and she was talking about uh, she, while the, her, while her brothers were people instead of swans, she went outside and Stefan, the oldest, was standing in the cold lake with his heart, like his hand over his heart, looking like he was just heartbroken. And he says, I miss her so much. Stefan is the one that's married to Gabrielle and he loves her so much that he's, he says he's starting to remember her when he's a swan. And even though he doesn't remember exactly who she is, he knows his other half is missing. And I was crying while I was reading that. He, like, knows that that someone important isn't there and they should yes. be. Yes, but it's so, oh, it's so sweet. 
Also, can we talk about how badass Gabrielle is? Like, her husband, the princess, and all the princes get banished from the kingdom. This evil witch takes over. The king is under a spell. And she and her cat, she puts on, like, these cool trousers and this, like, badass outfit. And her and her cat, like, just run the show. Oh, yeah. I love that so much. I remember reading that and being like, this girl is kick-ass. Where's her story? Don't worry, it's in there. Uh, (laughs) Keep reading. (laughs) Get through the whole series. (laughs) I was a little bit upset that her story doesn't come until later, but I also kind of like that it doesn't come until later because I just wish it had been sooner in the series, I guess. Yeah. So good. Oh, so good. It ends up being like kind of a prequel with like a, a sequel portion at the end. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I genuinely, this is one of my favorite series. There are some books that fall a little flat for me, but for the majority of the books, I love them. Um, I think that, you know, I love this one. This is my favorite. I think I told you my second favorite is probably a tie between Cinderella and the Colonel and Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Uh, another fairy tale I don't think Cinderella gets retold a nine times a million but I don't think Rumpelstiltskin gets enough retelling uh action you know um spotlight maybe is a better word and yeah. I, I feel like this one particularly this wild swan one is just so unique because I'm not familiar with the original content you know right we have nothing to base it off of exactly so while I try to see if I can find it, do you have like a favorite quote or something from the movie? From the book, you mean? From the movie. Why or why did that come from? Yes, from the book. <laughs> I think just that scene that I talked about where Falk tries to explain to her. I, I'm very big on like actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as he becomes a man again, first of all, Stefan is an amazing brother. He clearly looks at Elise as his baby sister, and he clearly cares about her in a very protective, brotherly way. So I love that when they become human, Stefan is like, you do this, you do this, you do this. Like, we have to take care of Elise, and we only have an hour to do it. Well, so he, I love that about him. Also very much makes sense. He what? He's the oldest, so that yeah. really makes sense. It does. I agree. And I, and I think that, like, my favorite part is just Falk being like, I'm a man again. I have to go find this medicine that I know is going to help Elise's hands feel better. Yes. And um, that's probably, I don't know that I could do a favorite single part, but I that's why I absolutely do not think that Rune was supposed to end up with her because Falk spent every moment worried about her and what he could do to help her and when she hurt he hurt and I think that's a much more realistic viewpoint on how a relationship should be you know there's a point where if it's just based off of um, looks or anything like that those looks are going to fade but when you care so much for a person's person that's when it's a really good story I think that it's okay to love more than one person to us to an extent. I, I agree with the author that, you know, that first love might not be your only love and that might not be, um, you know, even if you love someone that doesn't necessarily mean that things are going to work out or that you guys end up together. I'm personally not a big fan of love triangles. 
Um, I just feel like they're a huge trope in young adult novels. And I, I feel like there's better ways to build tension and, and suspense. But I know a lot of people adore them. So right. it's still important to include them if you're an author. And that's what you want to provide uh, for your readers. My main thing is that with love triangles, I feel like there's always going to be a portion of readers that don't get the ending they they like maybe they feel slighted by the character that they chose like I know from book one of the Hunger Games I was team PETA like 100% <laughs> team PETA from day one uh, for similar reasons as to why I'm team Fock. and I know that until book three came out like I was arguing left and right with people about freaking Gale yeah I was never much of a Gale fan he I, I mean Gale has his um strengths he's a great friend to her it's okay if she likes him it's okay if she even might love him for a little while I'm not saying that you can't you know have those experiences but for me I just don't think her and Rune would have been a good end game no um so I actually found one of my favorite lines I guess in the movie I keep saying I want it to be a movie that would be fun oh that would be fun except for the whole choose your own ending part but yeah um, again that's why I said it kind of feels like an alternate ending yeah so um one of my favorite lines in the book there's a lot of like little snarky bits that actually that I love because I am sarcastic and sometimes a little rude and I don't mean to be even though I sound like you know a sweet fluffy angel. Um, but there's a part where you're just misleading because your voice is so soft that people are like, "Oh, what did yeah. she just say?" Yes, I've often never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but the the person that convinces them to move from the smaller lake up to the castle with the bigger lake and all that, his name is Prince Toril, and he's talking to Elise and Britta. And Britta, her personality is just very gruff. She's a soldier. She's not soft and warm. She's very down to, to earth and, like, very business Yes. And there's one part where she comes flying out at the prince the first time he comes upon them. And he calls her, like, a bear maid because she has her sword and she's just like, get away from us! And also... also- I love the fact that they wanted to send their strongest warrior to protect Elise, and it's a girl. Yes! This is, like, just a lot of girl power in a book. And again, what I love is that it's normalized. It's not this big deal that she's a girl and she's a warrior, and it's like, I can't believe she's a woman warrior. It's just like, well, she's the best, bring her. Well, so part of me was wondering, did they send her also because it's, it is a girl, and she's not going to also be vying for Elise's attention. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Everybody seems to really like Elise. Right? Like, all of the men fawn over her. But anyway, one of my favorite lines, it's so cute. The prince tells them, you know, he's trying to convince them to uh, come to the palace with him, and they'll be comfortable. And he says, you can go on knitting with prickly plants and being prickly in general. So he's talking to Elise with the prickly plants and then uh, Britta as just being prickly in general. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. That's something I would say. Right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So 
it's about time to wrap it up. Anything else you particularly wanted to talk about about this book in general? Um, not necessarily this book in general, but just like if you like this book, um, I think it's a nice, quick, easy read. And there are 11 books in this series. And then there's also like a spinoff series about Angelique the Enchantress. And I haven't read that one yet, but I'm getting to it. But I, I think that um, I would just recommend exploring those other books and giving them a chance and uh, seeing what happens with the world building. Um, there's a lot of moving parts. She, as an author, does an amazing job of making this series like entertaining and keeping us connected, you know, from book 11 to book one, there are still references throughout all of them of those past characters that we got to know, but you don't really need to read those other books. You can just grab Cinderella and the Colonel and read it if that's what you want, you know? Yeah. Um, that's one of the things I really enjoy about this series is that, yeah. you know, you can be books in and they make a, a reference and if you have read it you're like oh I get that but if you haven't read it you're not like I'm so confused what are they talking about like, I agree so well done and so well interconnected um if you do decide to read some more of her books or you have read some more of her books you can always reach out to us um you can reach out to Holly and I on Instagram at booklet podcast um, you can also email us at bookletpodcast at gmail.com. Bethany, why don't you go ahead and tell them real quick where they can find you? So Prince Kai Fan Pod is everywhere at Prince Kai Fan Pod. It's a pretty singular name. Nobody else has it. So princekaifanpod.com, patreon.com slash princekaifanpod. Uh, on Instagram, we're at, we just reached like 3,300 followers, which is Woo! super cool. It feels like a million. <laughs> Yeah. It's hope- like my podcast has how many followers for a podcast? That's crazy. I hope to be you one day. <laughs> um, and every we get episodes. I release episodes every Monday morning. And you can email me at princecatfanpod at gmail.com if you want to talk more about these books or other books. Um, and I, I hope that you do. Like I said, I really like Cinderella and the Colonel and Rumpelstiltskin. So give them a try. Yeah, Rumpelstiltskin is also one of my favorite. Um and before we go, Bethany, we like to do a little thing because we are our own individual people and we read a lot of different books. So have you been reading anything that you'd like to kind of give a little bit of a a review on? Well, I just started reading Cruel Prince because you demanded that I read it. <laughs> But I'm not very far in, so I, I can't give too much away. Um, I suppose I, w- I love recommending books that I don't think get enough attention. So what I would what I would recommend is um, The False Princess by Elise O'Neill, which is not really a fairy tale retelling. You kind of think it is like the first chapter or two, but it kind of it spawns away from that. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a very good book. And it's YA, and I think it's only like 350 pages, maybe less than that. And it's completely underrated. No one's ever heard of it, but it's so good. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's so good. I love it. It's one of my favorite books. Um, so that would be what I recommend. And then, of course, everything by Marissa Meyer, who is the um, hero of my podcast. She wrote The Lunar Chronicles, Heartless, Renegades. Her new book, Gilded, comes out this November. Um, and my podcast, Prince Kai Fan Pod, is all about her books. We go through them chapter by chapter. I'm very much surprised 
you I did not realize Gilded was by her. Well, it hasn't come out yet. It comes out this November. I yeah, I know. I've just seen some things about it, like as books that are coming out this year. Um yeah, but it's a it's a Rumpelstiltskin retelling, so I'm super psyched. I am like jaw dropped that you didn't mention the one we're actually going over next time. Instant karma? Yes, you said nothing about it. I'm sorry. Um, well, I knew we were going to talk about it in another episode, so I thought, like, save it for that episode. Um, okay, that makes sense. Um, I, for my recommendation, just finished listening to the audiobook of The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, and for almost the second, it's hard to tell when you're listening to an audio, audiobook, so maybe the last third of the book, I was, like, on the verge of tears, but it like you get to the super sad part and then it like pulls back and makes it not quite so sad. So it's not like they couldn't push you over the edge, but she just you it oh, it was so good. I'm so excited to to read that one. My TBR pile, as we've talked about before, is just like completely out of hand right now. So Girl, yours is mine is ridiculous and it's not gonna change anytime soon. I, I don't even make decisions anymore. What I do now is I'll pick like my top five and I'll go to my husband who's not a reader at all and I'll say pick one and he's a very like visually driven so he picks based on the cover. So he's actually the one that chose The Cruel Prince because he liked the cover and he thought oh it's about a prince so maybe it won't be like prince is in the title so maybe it won't be such a girly book. <laughs> That is hilarious and sounds <laughs> like him. Yeah, it's very much, it's on brand for him. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's all. We will let Bethany go so that she can get ready for school. Woohoo! Uh, anything else you want to mention before we go? Uh, just how much I adore you and this podcast and that I'm Aww. excited to be here and that we get to do another episode together soon is always fun. Um, and I hope everyone takes a moment to go check out my podcast, Prince Guy Fan Pod. You really should. I think we're fun too. <laughs> they are a lot of fun. I absolutely love your podcast. Thank um, you. And I love you. Oh, more than just because we can go and eat together. I know. We're such foodies. <laughs> well, I hope you have a wonderful night. You too, my love. I hope everyone listening has a good night as well or day, whatever time it is. You know, in the day, night, whatever. Whatever you are listening to it, have a good whatever. Have a good life. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting really weird because I'm hungry and I'm a little tipsy now and it's getting bad. <laughs> I'm going to let you go. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Happy reading. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now